You're listening to the Jack and Chill Podcast. So Jack, I've noticed a trend um, as the years go by, and especially now that like throw watching throwback horror movies and stuff has become really popular and thinking back about my childhood. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that horror movies and the decorations that we use for Halloween and stuff, they've become more and more extreme and like gory or just scary. Like it's become way more realistic. And I see movies from like the 80s or even before then. And I'm like, is was this supposed to be scary? Because <laughs> to me, <laughs> like it kind of seems cheesy. And I didn't know if that was part of the appeal. But what yeah. do you think? I'm sure you grew up watching some of the classics. Like, um, I guess you must have seen it and stuff like that. The, I saw the it the the original made for TV it, which uh-huh. actually is kind of in some ways. I find the older movies, like even though they look more ridiculous, like they look, they don't look as realistic as the the modern special effects you look Mm -hmm. but but there's a creepy element to it i don't know what it is but there's it's something about using puppets or um the the fake the fakiness of it the like why how it doesn't look real kind of creeps me out more than the the hyper realistic violence and 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 realism that we see today um Mm -hmm. I can give you an example It'd be like um like a George Romero movie that he's the one that did Night of the Living Dead so he's the kind of created the whole zombie genre Oh uh-huh that his he was a director in the I guess 60s and 70s 80s uh George Romero and mm-hmm. then I went and watched a movie called I Am Legend with Will Oh Smith. yes Yeah and I I like that movie a lot but that's also a zombie movie and yeah. but the zombies are all cg they're that you know the the computer generated yeah. Um, cgi yeah yeah cgi you're right images are made from computers and i thought there's a very like the the quality of the realist the realism of that is actually a step down from the 80s and the 70s where they were just using makeup and fake blood and you know they would use like um what is it uh red dye with caro's uh um corn syrup and that was the blood you know and there's just gallons of it everywhere and those movies are i find that more disturbing even though it doesn't look as real it's more disturbing but that's that's my generation we grew up on that stuff so when i was young my parents wouldn't let me watch anything related to horror. I just wasn't allowed. I so I missed all of that in my childhood, but I started watching it in my teens and my twenties. I was like, I'm now I'm an adult. I can watch whatever I want. So I started watching, you know, Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street and Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, all of these like horror movies, and. They're, you know, quite disturbing um, in a weird 
way that they use like puppets and and um and makeup. So I, I'm I'm wondering what you think about like CG, you know, CGI. For CGI, when I first saw I Am Legend, I was pro- I was like oh in my early teens, or I was like somewhere between twelve and fourteen or something. Okay. So I was really young, and it was it scared the crap out of me. And I think it was one of the only scary movies I really saw with my parents because we did see a lot of thrillers and stuff. And I also saw a lot of movies that were like not really appropriate for my age bracket. Like the mate, I watched the matrix when I was like eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, my dad loved the matrix. So he'd force us to watch it over and over again when I was like eight years old. Um, but my dad didn't, well, we mostly watched stuff that my dad liked when I was a kid and uh, my dad didn't really like, horror movies so we didn't really see a lot of horror movies similar to you it wasn't really about sheltering you just like he didn't like those so we right. watched you, them if you liked um, them you would have seen them all probably yeah uh, yes yeah he wasn't he definitely they weren't holding any punches i was definitely exposed to stuff i was like i don't know if i should have been exposed <laughs> at an early age um, but um I remember when we went to see I Am Legend in theaters. We actually went to see it in theaters. Um, and I do remember my dad like leaning over and asking my mom and my mom, they like leaned over and asked me if I felt it was too scary. Oh, my dad was probably scared. And I I did think it was kind of scary, but I didn't want to leave. So I said I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was okay, like doing okay. this whole thing, covering yeah. my like nose and eyes with my sweater, but just like peering through, <laughs> peering through to see it. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was really intense. And it's funny because back at that time, I thought the CGI was like really realistic. Mm. Right. It right. looked that way to me when I was like 12 or 14, because it's kind of similar to like Avatar. Like back when it came out, I was probably like some also I was in middle school. Mm. And when we went to see Avatar, it was like touted as being like the best CGI to ever come out, basically. And it did look really cool, but when I see it now, it looks really fakey. So I think similar in that vein, it was like making strides for CGI. So it really speaks to me similarly to your experience where it's like, since it was something I saw in the time period when it was like progressive or when it was like a a cool step forward in cinematography, Mm -hmm. um, it was scary to me. It was like creepy. It did freak me out. But then yeah. looking back on it, it doesn't kind age of, well. Is that, you know, no, what I mean? CGI yeah. does not age well. Right. Um, and I also think that the fact that we have more like CGI and computer animation and more like realistic special effects and makeup and stuff, I think that sometimes it makes like horror movies and stuff like they're less developed in their plot and whatnot because Mm, they mm. rely more on like shock value. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they, they spend all of their budget on the special effects, the computer. I I think they lean too much into special effects, computer special effects. I think there's still no, there's no match for like a, like good makeup like a good makeup artist and yeah. good puppeteering, you know, like right. that it will like always, yeah, better, be, better props. I just think like that will always be 
that'll always look scarier and be more realistic than a computer generated image ever could be. And I don't know. I mean, I guess it's probably just because the computer generated images are not quite there yet where it's not exactly like human movement or there's something is off. It'll it'll get there eventually, but it's still slowly getting there. It's just not it 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 to, to me it's just like like when they go back to like the the kind of traditional special effects which is just buckets of blood and <laughs> just like yes. uh latex skin masks and things like that those are always going to be those are just going to always creep me out i think for the rest of my life like it's just it looks like what it might look like if that actually happened to somebody but i you know right. pray to god will never you know you'll never see anything like that in real life but um yeah it's just it just always uh i always go back to like the 80s and i'll give you a couple examples of movies too that kind of creep me out there was a uh sesame street creator jim henson he created like big bird and all of the sesame street characters and the the um the muppets and um there was a a movie called um labyrinth and it's mm. like a it's all puppets but it's a very dark film and so the character is interacting with the character is a real person and she's this young girl and she's uh trying to uh find her kidnapped baby brother and so mm-hmm. she has to go through this whole maze and she runs into all these weird puppets but it's it's so it's such a dark movie that it's it just creeped me out as a kid. I just remember, you know, not being able to fall asleep thinking about this movie. There's no <laughs> gore in it, there's no blood, but there but the creepy element. That's what the CGI doesn't have. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't bring the creepiness. It's it's more of like a I, I don't know, it's too slick. It's too clean. Yeah. Yeah, it's not dirty enough, like, you know, like... like grungy or something. Grungy enough, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually had a... I was just Googling that movie, Labyrinth. Those puppets look really creepy because I'm like, I got to know yeah. what he's talking about. I need to watch this now. But um, I also similarly, when I was younger, I I didn't... Gore did not really do a lot for me in, in a horror movie. I always wanted to see, like a creepy horror movie because I felt like that unsettling feeling that a creepy horror movie gives you lasts way longer than the shock value of, of horror on the screen. Yeah. I know exactly like, what you mean. How yeah. unsettled you feel. Yeah. That's why people like the movie, the shining so much is because not, it's not really yeah. like, it's not that gory. I mean, there's not that much. I mean, there. Well, I, I was gonna say there's not that much blood, and then there's literally a river of blood in the movie. But um, right. if you take that one scene, it's not realistic, really. No, it's just yeah, it's just a, a flood of red water. That it's it's supposed to be blood, right? But um, but there's so many creepy elements there, like the 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 old the old lady and the um. The, the 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 author going crazy by just writing the same sentence over and over again on uh on the typewriter and the creepiness element of it is just a feeling it's just how it makes you feel it makes me feel unsettled 
It's like an unsettling feeling. And I totally agree with you 100%. I'm way more into those kinds of horror movies than I am into the slasher films. The slasher films mm-hmm. are just jump scares and blood. And it's like anyone can jump out from behind a wall and scare somebody. Like that doesn't right. take any skill or any creativity, but to make your face and your performance be so strange and so unsettling that you make people feel really uncomfortable, that takes talent. And that is much a much more sophisticated level of horror than your typical slasher film, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that was also a reason that I was really drawn to like Japanese horror when I was younger, because a lot of the movies didn't rely on gore. They relied on like just a creepy, unsettling factor that really stays in your mind. Like it just becomes an ever present blanket of neurosis <laughs> when you're trying to sleep. You're like, oh, what was that? What was that? And then like the shock value of gore it dissipates really quickly um and now that i'm that i'm older and gore has become like hyper realistic it bothers me more like i don't want to see it especially the noise like if they're punching someone and they have like that horrible bone crunching sound effect if it seems like it's happening in real life in front of me right it really disturbs me it like really disturbs me but it doesn't really scare me the same i don't and it's not enjoyable it's kind of mm. like well, I was going to say that like a gore to me, like watching a gory movie is kind of like eating a hot dog from a from a come and go gas station versus like a really good, creepy horror movie is like eating a five star meal. It like really mm. gets into your mind and you like enjoy all the depth of it. And there's so many there's like a plot and there's so much development and you feel a lot of ways. Like when you see a really well crafted, creepy movie, it's not just terror. You feel sad for the character you feel scared for yourself scared for the character there's like suspense Mm -hmm. and you know in a in a slasher film a lot of that is cut just basic jump scares there's not a lot of plot the lore doesn't really make sense um yeah no i agree with you 100 percent i'm i'm uh yeah i i think we we enjoy the same kind of movie i think it's like a subgenre of horror (laughs) which is, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's almost like psychological terror or something like that. Yeah, and like thriller, psychological yeah. terror, like more of that alley, not gory stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What about Halloween decorations, Jack? I've noticed in my short-ish life that you've gotten, they. when I was a kid, you know, my mom used to kind of make the Halloween decorations. And it's funny because Halloween is not a holiday that she grew up celebrating. She right. celebrated Day of the Day, which is really different from Halloween, has nothing to do with Halloween. Um, and she, I guess she embraced the Halloween spirit when she moved to the U.S. And we also celebrated Day of the Dead at the same time. But we celebrated Halloween and then we celebrated Day of the Dead. Um, and she would make all the decorations by hand and they fit in. Basically, it was like ghost sheets with plastic bottles underneath to make it look like floating ghosts and yeah, like yeah. little Those are the yeah, crafts like that. Yeah. How about when you were a kid? I don't remember my parents ever decorating our house too much. I think the most we would do is we would do the jack-o'-lanterns. 
we would make jack-o'-lanterns yeah those are so fun yeah that because that was just like i think my mom was just like let's just do the fun stuff and like if we don't decorate we don't have to clean anything maybe she put like one decoration outside just to let kids know well we have jack-o'-lanterns and the light was on in the uh the front of the house on the The porch porch light or whatever yeah the porch light was on and so that kids would know that we have candy you know so it's like my mom because my parents would always buy you know a big bucket of candy my brother and i would sneak you know some my mom would yell at us you know that's for the the (laughs) trick-or-treaters don't take that um you know it was just like uh yeah, we we definitely would celebrate it, but we we would we were not the the cool house that was like the cool houses would be they'd have the the spider webs outside, the cobwebs and then they would have yes. decorations and then there's always like the scary music playing loudly in the background. Yes, there's like yeah. one house on every block or every few blocks that and really then- goes all out. Yeah, and like yeah. A, like a witch, you know, full full costumed adult in like dressed like a witch would come out and she'd be like, yeah. "Hello, my creatures," yeah, exactly. you know, or something. And you're just yeah. like, it's so fun. I'm like, gosh, this is such a cool person. Like she's, you know, I she seemed so old to me at the time, but she's probably like thirty, you know, twenty five or thirty. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's funny. Yeah. And she was, you know, and, and there was always like, you'd, you'd always come across that house where people just really get into the Halloween spirit, which is sounds weird yeah. because it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of like, um, I don't know. I've just come across a lot of like Facebook posts where people are like, um, oh, we need to stop celebrating Halloween because it's, uh, demonic. And, you know, there's like, kind of like, yeah. um, very conservative who are you friends with i'm not friends with any conservatives so i'm only just like my friends celebrating halloween to the max my age cohort we have a lot of there's a lot of conservatives Uh, in my age group um but i always thought it's so it's because the reason you celebrate it is because it's fun like christmas is much more meaningful and so and reflective i get it you know and thanksgiving is so much more work yeah and thanksgiving like thanksgiving and christmas sometimes you have to see people you don't like you have to well, do you things you don't want to your do po- uncle's yeah. bad politics yeah oh god yeah it's like on thanksgiving you have to like make food i mean for women the holidays are crap they're like because uh, let me tell you, as I've gotten older and I've had to do all the holiday magic for women, it's like not fun. <laughs> I miss being a kid and I just appreciate everything my mom used to do. It's just no fun because you have to make the whole Thanksgiving spread. The last several years, I made the Thanksgiving spread completely by myself. This wow. this has happened at least since I was 25, but no, since I was 24. So it's been at least three years of me making the spread all by myself constantly Wow! and it's a lot of work and then um that it's just just no fun and you have to see people you don't like sometimes um or like i had this one thing where i was like kind of pettily offended but my i love my grandma but she like was like oh thanks tad my dad for for like doing all this thanksgiving stuff i was like i've 
Like, I'm the one who cooked all the food. <laughs> what are you talking about? I was like so offended. I was like, oh no, I did it. I worked this hard. So I think it was just really hard because it's just like, of course, it's just like the older generations are always like giving credit to men or whatever. And it just really made me angry. My dad actually did give me credit for it. He's like, well, I didn't do anything. She made all the food. I was like, thank God you said that at least. But yeah. And for Christmas, it's kind of the same thing. You have to make all this food and you have to buy presents women usually are the ones who like buy the gifts and stuff because men don't have a clue what other people want or like i you so, know like, i'm i i've lived in asia now for 23 years or whatever and my as far as responsibilities for holidays go it's just like it dropped down to nothing because there's really like no thanksgiving here in korea like i mean i we the on thanksgiving day up, there's right? no there is it doesn't mean anything in, in korea and so the right. most that we do now is we'll buy like a pumpkin pie from costco like that's, oh, that's as nice. far as i go like that's it and it's for christmas it's also not really it's just like a one day off in korea and so you know we'll just go to a restaurant or something like that and as far as presents go it's my wife and I never give presents to each other because it's like, it's like spending your money to buy. It's, it's her money. Her. Yeah. Right. Like it's not, it's not like I have my own money and she has her own money. We just have our money. So if I buy her something, it's just better for her to just buy it herself, you know, right? So, buy what she wants or whatever. Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. So it's not romantic. Like it's not, it's not, you know, but it's like everybody gets what they want. Um, and my wife's not, mm. you know, she's not like a really, um, she's not really concerned about that sort of thing. I, you know, it's just like birthdays and stuff. We just wish each other happy birthday, but we don't go and buy presents because it's, again, it's like, what am I going to do? I have to use my credit card. It will go to her phone. And then she said, why did you spend this much money? What is that? What did you buy? And then I have to say, well, I bought you a present. Oh, I don't want what? What did you buy? I, you know, do I want that present? It's just too complicated. So, um, anyway, we That's got sidetracked a little bit. <laughs> we are we. Well, this is like we should call this a sidetrack or side quest podcast or something because we're always talking about different stuff. Yeah, but, we're just way off um, in different territory. Yeah, but back to the Halloween. You know, yeah. I think Halloween is really fun for women because we don't have like so many expectations around us. We get to dress up and, you know, hand out, you buy some candy at the store and hand it out or you go trick-or-treating. The last, I didn't go trick-or-treating after I was 15, but I did go again when I was 25. Uh, I look yeah. younger than I am, you know, and I'm short. So I just, had to take advantage of the fact to go to the treating one last time i did yeah. go who did you um, go with like, though alone i just went alone i mean i oh. didn't want to ask any of my friends to go i thought that would be really cringy so you went you put a costume on and you went trick-or-treating at 25 and just yes in your neighborhood no one could tell i was 25 everyone thought i was a kid so it was fine yeah. i was like whoo yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah, yeah i mean no one's gonna, a can i see your driver's license yeah. you know something like that no one's yeah, gonna, no one's gonna be like yeah you look old i mean <laughs> no one thought i looked old that most people thought i was like maybe a teenager or something but no one thought i was like 25 i've always been tall so they always thought i was too old to be there i'm like i'm just a kid i'm 12 i'm right I'm six feet but i'm i'm 12 you know <laughs> i wasn't six feet and 12 yeah but. I'm under five feet tall. Yeah. Uh, and away. I have a baby. 
So yeah, it's like, fine. oh yeah, double whammy, just in the bag, it's fine. So I didn't have any issues. I put on like a zombie makeup. I was like a a 1950s zombie, generic 1950s zombie. I wore this dress that I kind of thought was like a 1950s dress. And then I realized later it was like an Amish dress. Oh, okay. I got it from Goodwill. I didn't well, realize it was like an Amish type dress, but. An Amish yeah, zombie but, is pretty creepy. I looked like an Amish, but I looked like an Amish Shrek because I just had green face paint. And I didn't think about putting like little scars or anything. I didn't think it that far through. So I just had like green face paint on. I looked like Fiona from Shrek, but the 1950s version. It was like really bad. Um, but I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, so that's what matters. And people really liked my outfit. I have this really great jacket that's like perfect for that time. So it, it worked out really well. Cool. But um, yeah, I think there's some houses that always go all out. And on my block, there were a ton. There would be like a few different houses. And most of them were like, I thought they were old too. I don't know how old they are now, but I thought they were in their 30s or 40s looking back. Mm-hmm. And they had like a house full of, of Halloween decorations with the strobe lights. I love it. And stuff. Yeah, that's the best. And, and the creepy music yeah. in the background with the speaker pointed out, you know, to the yes. yard. Yeah, you had to like go through their like side yard into their backyard. And there was like a there was like a bowl of candy in the lap of some like skeleton that was dressed up. But it looked really creepy. It looked really scary. And if you like reached in, it would like tackle this really scary cackle and it would like grab your hand. Oh, yeah, that would. (laughs) Yeah. And I was little. I was like eight years old or 10 years old. So I was like scared to go up. And I was like, my neighbor, he was like, I'll do it. I'll get your candy. So he like ran up and got enough candy for both of us. But when the like, (laughs) when the hand grabbed him, we didn't know that the hand was going to grab him. Yeah, he threw his candy up in the air, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he couldn't because it like gra- clamps your hand down he screamed like bloody murder and i screamed like i almost fainted i think because it was like ah! and it was just like and then it like let's go and he just like ran with a candy it's like a fistful of candy <laughs> it was just it was crazy but i i think it, when i'm older i want to do like a, a scary house like that because i think it's really fun for the kids yeah i i, I you know this is People that get into Halloween are people that I like. I just know that I like those people. They're just fun people. Yeah. They love yes. to embrace the spirit of the of the holiday, even if it's something silly like Halloween where it's about scaring you. It's, it's just such a – oh, it's so much fun. I I really, really uh, – I, I just have great fond memories of, like, walking around my neighborhood – and listening to the scary music as you walk up the door and they they always give you more candy than you want then you know what i mean like they're like take two take three or they'll just grab like a handful and right. just put it in your in your pillowcase do you did you carry a pillowcase right. as a bag i did the last time i went when i was 25 before then i always had like a jack-o-lantern yeah those are the or worst cauldron. like a little oh, plastic cauldron? Cauldron. oh okay because the jack-o-lantern no, is too small you can't get enough uh they were small and I had to go back home and dump it out like on my bed and then go back because we were just trick-or-treating in my neighborhood. So I'd do that. Yeah. But it was a crap shoot because I had either a cauldron or a jack-o'-lantern and they were both small. I mean, they were cool looking, but they were too small. Yeah. If I could optimize it now, 
Like if I have kids, I'm just going to send them out with a cool accessory like that. But I'm going to be holding a, a bag when I walk around with them. They can just throw it in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I missed, I, I didn't get to do that because, you know, grow, having my daughter grow up in Korea, we never got to do the trick or treating thing. Maybe once or twice we did it on the American military base, you know, where there was an apartment and my daughter went door to door. And we, uh, you know, she got to trick or treat, but it wasn't the same as walking around the neighborhood. It's just like, th that's so much fun. I just think she can still go this year though. Right. Cause she's what? 15. She's 15 now. So I, I don't think she will, uh, go trick or treating. I, I'm sure she won't, but, um, ah, she should do it just once. I went, when I was 15 was the last year I did it as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that people are way more friendly to teenagers trick-or-treating now than they used to be. As someone who pretended to be a teenager at 25, <laughs> trick-or-treating. Yeah. As long as you don't um, smash their pumpkin, right? Because like teenagers yeah, would go pumpkin smashing. So they would always, in the morning, we'd always w wake up and our, our jack-o'-lanterns were smashed. Someone kicked them, you know, because mm -hmm. that's what, what they do. You know, teenagers do. They just... right. Yeah, or they would like pee people's houses. This was yeah. teenagers really embraced the trick part of trick or treat, you know. Yeah. They really go out and they would do things like mooning people and right. smashing pumpkins and throwing water balloons at kids that were trick or treating and teeping people's houses. Yeah. Um, they would do all those kinds of things. But I think now people are kind of happy to see teenagers out trick or treating instead of doing jerk things yeah yeah causing mayhem yeah. in the neighborhood yeah yeah so jack did you have a korean legend for us today i think that would be cool for our listeners all right so so here's i have a, a korean uh i guess what would you call it like a ghost story i think something like that a kind of terrifying tale and this one is, once upon a yes. time in Korea, there were two sisters, Jianghua and Honglian. After their mother's death, they went to live with their stepmother, who was cruel and abusive. The stepmother had her own daughter, and she treated Jianghua and Honglian as servants. The stepmother's jealousy and mistreatment escalated, leading to a tragic accident in which Jianghua and Honglian lost their lives. The story takes a supernatural turn when Jianghua and Honglian return as vengeful spirits. They haunt the house, seeking retribution against their stepmother and stepsister for their suffering and wrongful deaths. The ghostly sisters unveil dark family secrets and confront their stepmother, leading to a chilling climax. So this is a synopsis of the... Uh, of the famous ghost story of the two uh sisters but i to me it sounds a lot like um horror movie cinderella kind of oh yeah but there's like op it's like the opposite there's like one, one evil trashy stepsister and two good ones right and the two good ones um die whereas cinderella is vindicated and you know the opposite of dying she like gets to right. be you know, Marian the princess. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's kind of funny. Like it just does have like kind of 
similar there's a lot of like there's a lot of those kinds of stories are really uh popular in korea like there's another one called uh chanya gishin chanya gishin is the the gishin i guess was is like ghost or something like that and mm-hmm. she's i don't i don't know the story but i know that she her hair covers her face so mm-hmm. you it's kind of like like when you it's kind of like you're always looking at the back of her head like mm-hmm. no matter what angle cuz it's like hair just covers her face but then if she pulls oh. her hair aside then she's got like blood coming out of her eyes and ah wow yeah so it's like a it, it's a a famous uh go, type of ghost in korea is the the chanya gishin um yeah cool. i did not run into one while i was in korea thankfully no That's kind yeah of interesting that remind it reminds me a little bit i mean there's so many like creepy ghost stories about like women, vengeful women spirits or something. So um, we have a couple in Mexico. We have La Llorona, which is one where she there's so many versions of this tale. Um, but I think one of the main ones is that she was married and had, you know, children and her husband like ran off on her there's a couple of different versions one is that he ran off on her one is that he like went to war and like didn't come back but i think mostly the version is that he ran off on her and she being in despair drowned her children mm. um and because i guess you know there it's like really hard for a woman in that time period to take care of two children so she went crazy because like, what are you going to feed the kids? What are you going to, you know, there's nothing you can do as a single mom at that time period. Um, and in her moment of insanity, she drowned her children. And then when she realized what she'd done, I guess she she drowned herself. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you will, like, the story goes that you see her, like, in the river looking for her kids, crying, like, where are my kids? Where are my kids? You know, because she doesn't really realize what she's done. Right. Where are my babies? Yeah. 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 Creepy. My And almost many Mexican men will have, like, a story of either seeing um, La Llorona or other, there's another legend that a lot of people see called... Matlasiwa. Matlasiwa is another legend where similarly it's a woman dressed in like a white dress and she's a very beautiful looking like silhouette of a woman of a woman and men usually like drunk men are lured in by her looks and they follow her um sometimes to their untimely death or just to be frightened frightened mm-hmm. to death sometimes or just they they get scared um by seeing her so this happened uh this actually happened to one of my mom's like fa- distant family relatives where he saw the matlasiwa and he basically he was drinking he went out at night like left wherever he was drinking at night to go back home and he saw this woman walking and he went he went after her to ask her what she was doing there like alone kind of um but he was enticed by her beauty and as he was walking i mean being a drunk jerk probably he went to to grab her and he ended up hugging a cactus 
Oh, and it falls, 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 and
there's someone living in my house. I mean, you would be kind of weird to assume that as a first thought. Like if you found something misplaced or food eaten to be like, there's someone living here. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, there's no, I mean, it just, it just makes me so glad I don't live alone anymore. Sorry, social. (laughs) You're Um, fine. (laughs) um, There is something like, you know, there is something comforting about having a, a partner, you know, like have my spouse, like we're, we're kind of, we can divide and conquer, you know? So it's like, we're kind of right. always watching each other's back and stuff like that. And I do, I do remember those days of like living alone and just, I mean, what a crazy thing to do to somebody. It's such a violation of, of everything that we hold sacred. It's like, your, uh, you know, your house is your, your castle, your, you know, you're, even if you're, you live in an apartment or whatever, it's like, that's your space. And to invade someone's personal space in such a deliberate and here's a good vocabulary word for our students, malevolent way is, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wonder what the, the crime that they would be charged with if they're if they're caught or what if you catch them are they going to kill you now because they don't want to get caught um will you, what kind of psychological damage would it do to you i mean it's horrible and there's some cases for example the first episode i watched in the frogging case the guy had been living somewhere in their house and he'd been watching them as well through their own like webcams and different equipment that they had set up in their home. Right. So he knew when they were there and when they weren't there, because he had hacked their webcams, he had hacked all their electronic devices and he could, he could watch them on top of living there. And he did watch them and he had planned, he had been using an old laptop they had. And so they found out that he had planned, um, he had planned to operate on them and do all this crazy stuff. I mean, usually oh, it's someone no. who's not, you know, not there mentally. Right. And they found him because they went on this long trip, like this vacation. And when they came back, like he was in the house and they, and he said, you guys don't live here anymore. And the husband threw him out and they called the cops. But the, the problem with frogging is like, sometimes they don't get held very long. He wasn't detained very long because it's like, what crime do you charge them with, really? Right. Burglary. Breaking, I mean, and, entering, breaking and entering. Yeah. Breaking and entering. Burglary. Um, but yeah, they're all kinda, misdemeanors. They're not like felonies, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, I feel like a new, a new law should be passed about frogging. You know, that should get you serious time because yeah, 10 years plus for frogging. I, I think I it's a, it's a huge violation. The victims are really mentally affected for a long time. And most of the people who frog are not just harmless, homeless people. I'm honestly, if I found a harmless homeless person that needed a place to crash, I wouldn't feel that violated. But a lot of them were people who are, who ended up being serial killers later or who right. were murderers, like mass murderers or it, spree killers. You know, it's like a it's like the um, the super intense version of a peeping Tom. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's it's such which is like, you know, for our listeners out there, peeping Tom is a person that looks through the windows from the outside trying to look into your into your house it's a it's obsession right 
It's like frogging right. is is a form of obsession, and it just can only end with conflict and violence. There really is no other alternative to it. So it puts the the the, the you know the the person who lives there is on the defensive, and then the frogger also feels like threatened because they're going to be discovered. So how do I cover up this crime that I've committed? Well, now I have to escalate things. I have to kill or or harm the the person so I don't get caught. It's just it's so ugly. It's such a you know um, if this is the solution to you know the homelessness problem, it, it, you know I mean it's just like it it can't. It, it's it's unbelievable. Right, because most homeless people would not even think about doing this. Right. It's like, and, and a lot of people who do do this are not homeless. Right. They're just severely disturbed yeah. and kind of violent individuals that obviously they don't have any boundaries or sense of propriety, so, and they're obsessive, as you say, so it, it gets ugly fast. There was another one I'd heard of, of a girl who was talking on the phone with a boy she didn't know that well. He had gotten her phone number from some other boys, and this was like in the 80s, I think. Mm -hmm. And so she had been talking to him for a while, but when she met him in person, she just didn't like his vibe, and she ghosted him. She didn't talk to him anymore. And then she started noticing that someone was living in the apartment. But she told her dad this, and he would would get mad at them and say, you know, stop bothering me at work. There's no one living there because – it just seemed like they, it was impossible for anyone to be living there. He thought his daughters were just making this up. Right. And it just culminated to a point where he would start kind of terrorizing them in their home, which I think is another aspect of frogging. Like sometimes they want you to know that they're there. Mm. They start moving things yeah. like, odd, you know, I'm going to move something. Yeah. Right. They start being obvious about it. And so he had like – the frogger had eaten like some cupcakes that they left out and stuff. And they called the cops and the cops show up and didn't find anyone. And then they saw him uh, in the house later, the family and the dad was there and everything. And the one of the daughters jumped out the window, <laughs> ran to a neighbor's house, called the cops and they got back out there and said, this guy's in here somewhere. So they found him in the tiniest little crawl space ever and uh later that guy went on to murder like three people and the guy i had been talking about previously who wanted to operate on the family murdered his cellmate when he was detained in jail right um the one with the, yeah. the two daughters i know that story that one is uh is kind of famous he he, he made, like where the washing machine is he like kind of burrowed into the wall a little bit and like yeah. created a little crawl space area and he was staying there and he eventually did commit a murder late the next time around. Um, yes. But that first family was very lucky that they, you know, escaped him because he was he was ready to kill. Um, but they couldn't keep him in prison. Right. He didn't he hadn't actually killed anybody at that time. Um, right. So he couldn't stay in prison when he was released. He ended up telling another family. I think a whole family you know, had killed a pregnant woman and some other <clears throat> the other couple family members that were there. Um, yeah, that was a really sad one. But it just goes to show like how disturbing frogging is. And that's why I honestly I never could 
figure out jack i'm going to ask you a weird question sure. would you rather find a thousand cockroaches in your home or a person living there that you didn't know was there like or oh, someone frogging cockroaches uh, <laughs> right no you're problem. a normal person yeah. when i was in college all my friends said they'd rather find the cockroaches and i just knew they were insane i knew there was something deeply wrong with people who would rather find cockroach who would rather find a person living there a person frogging Wait, they all house. all your friends said they would rather find a person living there than cockroaches yes yeah they all said they'd rather find a frogger in their house than we didn't use the term at the time, but yeah, they'd rather find someone frogging in their house than find a thousand roaches. I was the only one who said I'd rather find the roaches and I'm terrified of roaches, but there's just no way I would rather find a person. I'd rather find a bobcat in my house, you know, <laughs> yeah. than a, a frogger. Like, I feel like I'd have a, I don't know. It, it's such a violation. It's so, um, and you just know that they're, they're, they're crazy. That's a crazy yeah. person. You know, it's it's an unstable, insane person that would do that in the first place. And so just that that's scary to me. I listen to too much true crime. So I I, <laughs> I know that you do not want a frogger in your in your house. Not at all. Yeah, it, especially because it could develop to something more like if they release this person, like they could continue to stalk you. You would never really feel safe having your personal information out there again, as long as that person is alive and free. Right. Um, and even if they're in jail, you would constantly be like, did they get released early? Did How long are they in there for? Like, it would just do so much damage to you as a victim. It would be hard to escape. I would think I would have to move out to another country that I knew that person couldn't get to to ever feel safe again. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not locked up. I mean, I this this is the problem. It's what's the crime? You know, they're they they don't know how to calculate this crime properly because it's kind of a new phenomenon. I mean, at least it's the name is new. I don't yeah. You know, and I think it's a kind of a new phenomenon. So um yeah, frogging is the creepiest thing in the world. I think it's the scariest thing. For sure. Well, to our listeners, if you would rather find a thousand cockroaches or a frogger living in your house, (laughs) let us know down below. Um, Yeah. And let us know about your experiences with Halloween and any cool legends that are, you know, original to your home country, wherever you may be from. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys next time on the Jack and Chill podcast. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.